What is your worst neighbor from hell story? I used to have a neighbor that would constantly throw trash over their back fence into my yard. They did it all the time. And during the summer, I would go out to the shed in the back and find the most random crap ever. Ripped open stuffed animals, used diapers, etc. I started throwing the trash back over, but it kept coming back no matter how much I battled it. The douchebag teen son would work on his car in the driveway and blast music all day, and they also used to have a basketball hoop in their driveway they eventually took down. They discarded the hoop and backboard an hour front yard off to the side like I wouldn't notice. I kept pushing it back into their yard against the same fence and they kept throwing the trash over. And it always found its way back into our yard. They were truly neighbors from hell and they eventually moved away and all the problems cleared up. I just don't know why you would start using your neighbor's backyard as a dump, you know? Isn't there literally trash cans you can take to the curb that, you know, the trash people will take away? I'm just saying, if you're paying for a company to come get your trash anyway, why just use your neighbor's backyard? That's just rude and gonna cause problems. What, did you expect that he was just gonna be super cool with you throwing stuff in his yard all the time? Obviously not. I lived in a townhouse-style apartment before I got married. It was me and my roommate upstairs and a guy and a roommate downstairs. One of the guy's girlfriends had a baby that was over all the time and eventually moved in, along with one of those little terrier dogs which we weren't allowed to have. Cute dog, but it would poop all over the common entrance that we shared and she didn't seem to pick it up. Eventually, the roommate moved out and it was just the couple, the dog, and the baby. The walls were really thin and we could hear the couple's screaming at each other and the baby wailing most nights. She didn't work and was there all day, so if a door accidentally slammed or you walked down the stairs too heavily, she would come out and yell that you're gonna wake up the baby. The Saturday we moved out, we bumped the wall trying to carry the couch out to the truck and she came out and screamed at all of us. And we also had assigned parking and she liked to park in our spot. It was a nice apartment, but I was glad to get out, mostly due to them. I felt bad for the guy because he had always seemed pleasant and embarrassed about her behavior. I love the logical gap there. Alright, my baby's sleeping and the neighbor just slammed their door. Obviously that could wake up my child, so what should I do about it? I know, I'll go outside and start screaming at them, because everyone knows that if, you know, the, the door slamming wakes up the baby, the screaming definitely won't. I feel like living in an apartment with thin, wall thin walls would be literally like living in a the worst version of everything I could imagine. Just having to hear everyone fighting around you and like just nothing you can do about it. Ugh. I grew up in a rough neighborhood. And rough neighborhoods are kind of funny because based on what I've heard from other people with similar experiences, you tend to have a really polarizing effect. You have your ghost neighbors, people that never talk to anyone and for all intents and purposes don't exist. You have your neighbors from hell, and you have your awesome neighbors you keep as close to you as possible in that setting because you have to. The neighbor on the other side of my house I grew up in was pretty good, and on the right side was a ghost neighbor who eventually started talking to us and was pretty cool, and on the left were my godparents. Across the street was a family of meth addicts, and two doors down from them on the corner was a guy who cooked and sold meth. He had a network of users and sellers all down the street, and damn near every corner house on the intersection was involved with him. The guy was an icon. People in the area called him a number of things. Tweaker Dan was one nickname, and the white guy was another. He had a makeshift auto shop in his garage, and he worked on cars from around 5 a.m. until about midnight every day, loudly, punctuated by people coming and going from his house to buy meth and shoot crap or whatever. Sometimes he would have loud arguments with people outside, and sometimes he would have gunfights with the people he argued with. More often, he went for his gun and people left. Along with this, Dan rode his bike everywhere. 
He had a car and it worked, but he just rode his bike all over the place instead. Now, growing up, I saw him as a crappy neighbor to be feared and avoided. The thing was, Tweaker Dan was actually a pretty friendly guy, and he would wave to everyone. Neighbors, anyone who lived in the neighborhood, anyone he recognized, really. It wasn't until I was older and I learned a little more about Dan and his operation because of some mutual friends I ended up knowing. Dan didn't just supply the meth to the neighborhood users and sellers, Dan controlled a large amount of the local supply chain. There were two major gangs in the area, but our neighborhood fell directly in a neutral area between their territories. One gang probably could have taken our neighborhood if they wanted. They were big enough and powerful enough, but Dan stopped them. Dan was their supplier. They knew him as the white guy, and part of the arrangement with him is that if he sold to him, or if he sold to them, they stayed out of the neighborhood. This was his arrangement with anyone affiliated that he sold to. He would sell to anyone, but if he felt and dealt with you, you had to keep your crap out of his neighborhood. Don't poop where you live sort of thing. Turns out, this is why he rode his bike everywhere and waved to everyone. Dan was keeping an eye on who came and went, and he waved because he wanted you to know he was watching. It wasn't so much he was being friendly, though he was, but that he was communicating something very important. He was watching. To those of us that weren't involved with him, we didn't know. We didn't know about the rules. We didn't know who was allowed to come and go. The arrangements he made, basically keeping our neighborhood safe as the city around us got worse and worse. We only know about the erratic and peculiar behavior, that he never slept, dealt drugs, and did them. A lot of clean houses in the neighborhood vilified him, but it was always peculiar to see which houses were friendly with them, because it was always the ones you wouldn't expect. For a guy who had so much interaction with meth heads, he was also friends with the prison guard, the family who lived a few doors down, and my godfather. People you would have thought would avoid him. But they knew. I don't know how they knew, but they did. And I asked my godfather about it after I found out, and he said, yeah, he knew, he just didn't see it as something that should be talked about. So that's Tweaker Dan, one of the best and worst neighbors I've ever had. Why does this read like a, a Breaking Bad spinoff, dude? Like, I feel like this is the story Walter White was based on. What is going on? Just some menacing guy riding the bike around the neighborhood. Like, hey, I sold you meth. You can't be here. That's so just a weird situation, dude. I mean, hey, I'm sure growing up was definitely interesting. It seems like you were always watching some weird stuff go down. That being said, even if Tweaker Dan was uh, keeping the neighborhood Dave, he still was dealing meth to a lot of people, so I don't know if he's necessarily the best neighbor you could have had. I'm sure if we could all live in neighborhoods where no one was selling meth, that would probably be the ideal situation. My parents' next-door neighbors are terrible. The wife, in particular. When their kids were in school, the mother would sit in the driveway at 6.30am and honk the horn until they came outside to leave. One day, my mom asked if they could refrain from doing that, and oh hell no, they can't. The honking continues, and then everyone in the house decided to honk several times every time they pull up to the driveway just to be rude, and they still continue to do this years later. They accused my mom of having a garden on their property. My parents have lived there for 25 years, and the garden had been there for 25 years. And they called a land surveyor who laid out the edges of their property, and sure enough, the garden was four inches over the line. The lady goes nuts and spray paints a huge neon orange line between the yards, digs up the garden, puts up a tiny fence, and then starts storing their trash 
trash bins on the area in the back corner of the yard, which was super convenient. Keep in mind, this is a neighborhood with a civics association, and you're not even allowed to put up a fence without voted on permission. She accused my parents of putting dog poop in their yard, but my parents don't have a dog. This family has three wiener dogs that don't get walked, and she stomps over to my parents' house and starts screaming. My dad dealt with her, and he said she was screaming nonsense and seemed super paranoid that my mom was plotting against them and sabotaging the house. The whole thing is just weird. The only thing I'm gonna side with Karen on is the garden. Like, if the garden's on her property, A, she is allowed to move it. You know, should she have been so mean about it? No. The honking thing is just straight up obnoxious, dude. If I was just in my driveway blaring the horn at 6.30 every morning trying to get my friends to come outside, that would be annoying. What you should do in revenge, though, is during the summer, you go into their driveway and start honking at 6.30 and say, sorry, I thought this was a tradition. Is there not school? Like, you just gotta start messing with them back, bro. That's the only way out of this. You have to out Karen the Karen. Uh, I actually would not recommend that advice in all honesty. That was a joke, because now that I'm thinking about it, out Karening the Karen just leads to a Karen off. You should probably just ignore it, in all honesty. It sounds a lot more fun to get a dog just to throw the poop over the fence, but, you know, if they're gonna pin dog poop on you when you don't even have a dog, who knows what they're gonna blame you for if you do get one. It all started when our new neighbor put up a fence that extended too far, which forced pedestrians to walk in the street rather than the sidewalk. My dad said something to him, and of course, the guy didn't listen, so my dad contacted the city, and that's when it all begins. Over the next year, the neighbor got his revenge. First, he placed multiple spotlights outside of his house, which went on at 8pm and lit up our bedrooms. Next, he placed a school bell on the back of his house and connected it to his telephone, and every time his telephone rang, it rang. And finally, there was a garage that he technically owned, but it was connected to our house too. So, when he discovered we were trying to sell the house, he painted the garage neon pink with neon green stripes. He must have known what he was doing, because he now owns 16 of the 20 properties that were on our, our, our old block, and he may be some passive-aggressive genius. This guy's basically just using CIA torture tactics to acquire rental properties at a discount, you know? He's like, look, if I just torture the family that lives next to me and prevent anyone else from buying their house, then uh, I'll get a really good deal when I come in and offer 20% under market value. I feel like this has to be illegal somehow. I know I'm sure it's not illegal to put spotlights on your house or have a speaker in the back of your house, but doing all of these things over and over to the point where like 90% of the neighborhood moves out should be proof that he's doing it on purpose, right? I grew up next to a family who was really nice. Their grandparents gave them the house and it was perfect and always made our house look like crap. The kid in the family was four years older than me and he was very nice, good in school and whatnot, but he started getting into some bad stuff around 14, had a kid, then another, and another. And the grandfather who gave them the house passed away and then started getting worse. Not much mowing or anything being kept up, old cars gathering in the yard, and if it got stuck it would just stay there forever. The woman of the house passed away and then the man, so it was just the 24-year-old, immature as all get out, with three options spring, living there with his drugged out deadbeat girlfriend. We look over one day and the gas meter from their yard is gone. This is winter in Ohio and it can get cold here. And then a couple weeks later we look over and there's not a single light on at all. The electricity was shut off too. A for sale sign showed up in the yard for a single day and the house went empty and was foreclosed on by the bank. Caution tape wrapped the entire house and six months later some U.S. Marshals showed up looking for the guy. They surrounded the house next door and mine and I told them I didn't 
know where he was and they left. I heard they found him and he went to jail for a year. But there the house sat, falling apart with caution tape wrapped around it. And when someone finally purchased it from the bank, the basement had six feet of water in it. Every piece of drywall and interior wall and floor joists had to be removed and replaced. And in 2010, the house was completely redone and looks amazing, and it's the nicest people who live there now. Alright, I hope all the kids get into a better situation, and I hope that guy gets help, you know, obviously. But that being said, dude, was he just living in a swamp like Shrek? Six feet of water in the basement is an insane amount of water. For real, they basically could have had an alligator chilling in the basement and not known about it. The amount of mosquitoes that had to have been hatching down there is insane. Oh, it's always brutal when, like, yeah, the person who used to own the house took incredible care of it, and then people move in and literally start turning their basement into a marsh instead. Mm, truly tragic. I got this. Having just bought our house at the height of the market, the twin house next door couldn't sell. So the developer rented it to two men in their 30s not long after we moved in. That first Saturday was a full-on raging party, which was irritating at 3 a.m., I went over to ask them to lower the volume, but they were too drunk to hear me, and there must have been 50 people there and on the deck right under our window. I talked to them the next morning, and they were dismissively apologetic, and that was the first party. They partied at least four times a week, always late, always loud, and partiers parked in my driveway, sitting on my lawn, porch, bottles thrown over the yard, fights in and around my property. Eventually, these two guys subleased their house to six more guys, who were primarily laborers during the day and drunks at night. Guys that would never grow up and answered to no one. Despite my attempts to be peaceful, it wasn't gonna happen. It became clear that I was the one who was calling the cops, so they began to retaliate, culminating in a rabbit being dismembered on my porch. I knew it was them as snow prints led straight to their house, and I became increasingly desperate as this wasn't going to end. I enlisted the help of some neighbors who would call the police, but it was mostly me who called three times a night and set up video cameras to record their antics. One night, they had a film crew set up in the house, apparently filming a movie, complete with sound equipment, lighting, cables, all strewn about my property and driveway, well until 2am. One night, a drunk punk jumped over my fence and I had to chase him out with a baseball bat, and from that that point forward, I was at war. I came close to physical fights on three separate occasions. Eventually, I wrote letters to the alderman and the developer and threatened to hold the developer responsible for what happened and enlisted the help of community relations police officers who went to developer and noted all the calls and said they were going to get a citation from the city. It was a very expensive citation and the boneheads moved out the next day. I'm starting to get convinced that Hollywood just reads all these like Reddit threads and then whenever they find a good one, they just turn it into the movie because there's this basic not the plot to that Seth Rogen movie where Zac Efron and all the frat guys move in next door. We're not gonna stop our party, man. And he's like, fine, then I'm gonna make you guys move. And they have like a duel. This guy's just chasing people out of his backyard with baseball bats. Don't get it twisted. I would be pissed off too if a bunch of strangers were like destroying my property. And when I said something to the people in the house, they were like, man, that sucks for you. Blower dude, as the whole family refers to him. When we moved in, he told my dad none of the neighbors got along with him. Gee, I wonder why. And then he said since there were no deciduous trees on his property, he would be blowing any leaves that fell into his yard over our fence. Okay. This guy would use his leaf blower four to five times a day. He would spend hours carefully blowing the snow off his chain link fence while it was snowing. Want to sleep in? You'll have to make it through two backyard passes before 10, so good luck. It should be better in the summer, right? Nope. This guy actually mowed his lawn every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. I wish I was kidding, but due to the weirdness, 
where we were his pump house for irrigation water on our property. Somehow, one day, on Monday, they ended up in a fist fight because leaves in his little pump house thingy. Police told him he's not allowed in our yard on Mondays because six days a week is plenty to water your lawn, and boy was he pissed. He would go out to blow crap any time was out in our backyard. He got too sick to mow the summer before he passed away and would sit on the porch watching his poor 30-year-old wife doing it, yelling how she's doing it wrong until he finally passed. Well, that was a brutal ending, rest in peace, but I mean, my goodness, dude, why you gotta have so much beef with Leaves? I love how he fought this dude because his irrigation pump was on their property and Leaves got in it. Like you yourself said, man, there's trees on their property that have Leaves fall. Did you expect them to take their leaf blower out five times a day and clean it off for you too? My goodness. I wonder what made this guy hate nature so much that he had to be cutting his grass multiple times a day. My first apartment was great up until these two dudes arrived and thought they owned the building. The guy worked for a produce plant and didn't have a car, but his spot was beside mine, so he would usually let his visitors use it once in a while, which didn't bother me. He then started parking one of the produce store's commercial cube vans, similar to a U-Haul van in his spot, which is illegal in my city enforced by law. They have to park on the side of the road. What this meant is that I had no room to park or get in and out of my car depending on when he gets back. I was trying to be very friendly to him and give him a nice note on his windscreen and ask him to be more considerate and park on the road instead. Not my words and was very diplomatic while writing it up and he ignored it. Weeks go by and I had enough. A few scrapes on my car, I didn't care because my car was a POS, but still. Made me start parking on the road instead, so I gave up and called the city to ticket it and tow it away. They arrive and he freaks out like he didn't do anything wrong and his bill comes to about $300 and he starts calling me horrible names and a baby for complaining. He took a swing at me and the tow truck driver called the police and arrested him for disorderly conduct and I got the super to evict him. What's up with all these people's neighbors trying to fight them for, like, them just being in the wrong, you know? Sure, I might have blocked you in and made it impossible for you to get to work, but there's no reason after asking me politely multiple times that I shouldn't punch you if my car gets towed. Like, dude, he literally warned you. What else do you want him to do? You should have him the keys and let him park it for you then. Once you start scratching his car, obviously he's gonna take things into his own hands. Like, come on, man. Thankfully, I've never had anything too serious at this point, but we live in a cul-de-sac in a newer development that has three empty lots in the middle. A few houses down the road, there was a family that was mostly quiet, but their adult son lived with them. He drove a late 90s Chevy Cavalier that he would mod himself. He had a plywood spoiler that he put on, and the worst part is that he would drive as fast as the POS could take it in the neighborhood. In the winter, he took a turn too fast and ended up in my yard twice. He would come into the cul-de-sac and try to spin in circles, and we asked him to stop and he wouldn't. We spoke to his parents and nothing, and finally we called the county sheriff and that stopped it for a bit. Right before they lost the house to foreclosure and moved out, he had cut the muffler off the Cavalier and was speeding around listening to it. He came flying into the cul-de-sac and couldn't stop, so he jumped the curb and kept going through the lots and ended up in a field with tall grass. Took the keys out and just walked off. Two days later, they were gone with the car still there. My neighbors called the city, but they spent a week trying to figure out which house to get it out to. A different neighbor and I used his Jeep in a winch to get it and then towed it to the city building parking lot and left it. The case of the abandoned car, dude. I've never understood why people do this. Like, listen, no shame if you gotta drive a crappy car, you got to. You know, it just is what it is. Not everyone's in a situation to drive a Ferrari. I know I don't got one. That being said, if you are gonna drive a crappy car, why are you gonna put a plywood spoiler 
boiler on it and cut off the muffler. Like, it just does not make any sense to me. You're not making it cooler, bro. It's impossible for it to be cool in the first place. My dad was the neighbor from hell for a while. For a long time, we lived in the middle of nowhere, and my nearest neighbor was three miles away. My dad did mechanic work on the weekend in his shop. He would get up at the crack of dawn on Saturday and Sunday and just start revving engines and making a ton of racket. Since we had no neighbors, no one complained. We moved into the city and my dad opened his own business. He tried to do the same thing he used to do out in the country, but the cops ended up getting involved and he would get up every day at 4 a.m. and start making racket in his shop next to our house. People complained and my dad told them to F off. He stopped only because the cops asked him to and that he was allowed to make as much racket as he wanted as long as it was in between 7 a.m. and 10 p.m. You can bet he's now making racket from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Yo, man, no offense, but your dad just kind of sounds like he sucks. Like, <laughs> making racket from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every single day 24-7 isn't much better than making racket from 4 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day. Sure, it gives you three extra hours of sleep, but the entire neighborhood is still annoyed the entire day. Man, I just feel like if you love to make that much noise, there's no shame in living out in the country where you can do that and not be bothered by the cops or anybody else, you know? If you want to rev engines at 4 a.m., you just can't live in the middle of the city. It is what it is. Anyways, guys, I think that's gonna do it for the video. Hopefully you enjoyed. If you did, I would really appreciate y'all taking a second to press the like button. Let me know in the comments section down below what you thought. And of course, subscribe if you're new and turn on those notifications. If you really wanna help me out, you can check out the Scuffed Cast link down below along with a link to the uh, merch store that you can find down there and get the coolest merch to ever exist in the history of the planet. If you use code scrubby at the g fuel checkout you'll get yourself a discount on g fuel help me out at the same time and i would appreciate it and last but not least i do put my content up on spotify so if you ever want to listen offline without gameplay whatever floats your boat that link will be in the top of the description be sure to check it out and uh yeah on that note guys that'll do it don't get anyone pregnant if you do make sure they're hot and i'll see you guys next time i'm out peace